Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. When that when I had that injury, bro, like that was like rock bottom, you know? Like I felt like I went through a period of like depression. You know, I was very embarrassed. Um, I felt like I had let myself down, let my family down. And you know, injuries are a part of the game. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like, man, yeah, like it's your mind. I've worked hard. Yes, mental. Like I've worked this hard and now. You know, I had doctors telling me that I had to retire at 23. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at bristolstudio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. All right, we are back with a new episode. Vic, how we doing? Good, man. It's good to, to finally get back into it. We've been uh, taking a little yeah. break, but I'm glad to get back up and rolling. Yeah, same. Uh, today, our guest is Michael Frazier. Michael, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. I'm excited. I know we were, uh, we were just speaking a little bit offline about it, but you've been out of quarantine in Australia now for six days. Um, kind of take us through what that was like for you going into quarantine for the first time and how it's been adjusting to life out in Australia. Yeah, so, I mean, it took me about three days to, of traveling just to get here. And then once I got here, had to do that two-week quarantine, obviously, which was, it was tough. But, you know, my guy Vic made it known that if I needed anything, <laughs> he would be happy to you know, help me out and, and bring through anything I needed and you know everybody from the team my other teammates um you know staff wise everybody's been great um up until this point especially during quarantine and then once I got out you know had I went straight into media day and um you know having to do a a lot of meetings and appointments and stuff like that to get the medical side all clear um and just trying to you know get back into it um I haven't really fully practiced yet with the guys but they're kind of working me back into like some type of shape you know to be just be precautious, which is how they, you know, they handle everybody coming out of quarantine like that. So um, it's been yeah. good so far, man. So, uh, Mike, tell us about um, kind of we'll, we'll get into as the podcast progresses more of your journey and, and you know, the places you've been. But more specifically, talk talk us through we'll go through summer league like our starting point will be summer league and on kind of what I was summer league and like what brought you to your decision of, of signing with the Perth Wildcats. Um, so, yeah, I played summer league with the Phoenix Suns. Um, this past summer, you know, obviously they were coming off of a finals appearance. So, you know, obviously wanting to represent that team was, I think, a no brainer. The way my agent kicked it to me, it was like, you know, they're a team that's trying to, trying to be in win now mode. So, you know, everybody that they bring in, they're going to look at seriously. And, you know, we had, we had a good, a good group of guys. We didn't, I don't think we won as much as we typically wanted to going into the thing. So, you know, anytime. Well, y'all did, y'all, y'all came across them Lakers now. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean obviously man you know just to be a part of summer league and 
um, see guys that you've crossed paths with that are also doing well in their careers. Mm-hmm. Like that's always good to see. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience being able to represent that team that's just coming off finals appearance was good. Um, and then, you know, after that, uh, I went back home and I got invited to do the USA three on three training camp, um, okay. out in, uh, Charlotte. So I went, mm-hmm. I went and did that and I was out there for, five, six days, I think. And the last day, you know, I was uh pretty much about to sign with uh Toronto for the Exhibit 10 deal. Mm-hmm. Um and that same day my agent called me and was like, look, like we're we're speaking to Perth. They're very interested. They want to recruit you. So don't sign that contract yet. Mm-hmm. But like in my right. mind it was already done. Like I had already like USA had already you know invited me back to do the America Cup um mm-hmm. this month uh for three on three. Was that three on three a tryout or when you came out, did they already kind of have the squad set? Nah, bro. It was kind of like a tryout. It was going to be like all guys that were kind of like, you know, fringe, like exhibit 10 guys, training camp. Yeah. Or gonna, um, so they invited a bunch of good, like talented guys out, bro. But obviously three on three is a different game. It was a completely different, bro. It's, it's a completely different game. And in America, we haven't really, like we're behind the eight ball on it. So, you know, I looked at it, get my foot in the door and something that's, probably going to blow up within the next few years like it's in the olympics now mm-hmm. right. um like the top players are making good money you know on, on the world tour so i just thought it was you know it would be something different something for me to compete you know because i hadn't competed since summer league thought it would be a good tune-up for me you know in terms of being prepared to go wherever i go next you know not mm-hmm. knowing really what it's going to be i didn't get that contract with toronto until after i was done right. and then i get the opportunity with person so after it was done as well so right um it um, for me to, you know, go against live competition, other talented guys. And it was fun, man. And I played well. So they invited me back. And then I ended up taking the job here. Um, and, you know, I had to scramble because I, I didn't have that many days to really prepare. You know, it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had right. to pack and say goodbye, say all my goodbyes to my family and stuff. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. But, mm-hmm. you know, the whole process, the team has been great. You know, the coaching staff, they kept in touch with me front office, making sure, you know, I was, I was all squared away um, and comfortable. So, you know, I, I really don't have anything bad to say. What was the like final, you know, thing that came to, into play that helped you make that decision? You know, you, you said you had the exhibit 10 on the table. Mm-hmm. You were talking, mm-hmm. you know, considering three on three when Perth came around, which wasn't something that sounds like was on your mind. Uh, what sways you into making that decision ultimately? Well, Really just talking to my agent and him, you know, he he represented uh Casey Prather. He represents Casey Prather, who um who won championship. Played at here. Perth. And, yeah. And I played with college, yeah. So um played with Bryce and you know, he told me the history of the team, obviously, and how respected the, the, the league, the NBL is, and obviously the country is great, you know, English speaking yeah. country, all these positives. And I had a chance to go there and compete for a championship. For me, that was like, that was like a cherry on top, you know, like yeah. you're telling me all the things, but okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a chance to play. I'm going to get a chance to compete at a high level and go to a team that expects to win a championship every year. You know, like that's something that that's was like. Dream. Yeah. I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I do want to get into your journey because your journey is, is pretty wild. Um, mm. Can you kind of take us through like growing up playing basketball and kind of how you found yourself, you know, uh, dedicating yourself to this sport? Um, just take us back to the early days. Like what was it about, you know, the game that you fell in love with? Man, honestly, like I think I was better at football, <laughs> you know, better because, you know, I'm from Florida. So growing up, everybody played football. 
Man, um, you ain't, I, ain't, I ain't never heard you say that, but. Well, Vic I'm thinks really he's a quarterback. Vic thinks he's a quarterback, yeah, too. So. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so basically, my dad really, he had forward thinking in terms of, you know, career-wise, if I was yeah. to choose a, to take seriously, probably should be basketball because basketball players tend to have longer careers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Less wearing body. And for him, more guaranteed you know, money. More, yeah, money. He, he said he he was like he didn't want to sit outside all day, you know, because of football games. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be that going heat all day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, what I think the real the, the turning point for me was I I always wanted to play at Florida, but I wanted to play football there growing up. Mm-hmm. And right when I started to kind of like make a decision on if I'm gonna choose football or basketball seriously, it was like right going into high school like middle school, like seventh, eighth grade. And that's when Florida won the back-to-back basketball championships. Mm. And I was like, all right, I want to play basketball there now. And then from then on, like we just, me and my dad just kind of like locked in. And I remember we would go to the gym like before school at like 5.30 in the morning, work out for an hour. I would go to class all day. And then we'll go back to the gym right after school. And then I would go to basketball practice and then wake up and do the same thing. And, you know, over three, four years, I just improved so much mm-hmm. that by the time I was playing AAU going into my junior year, like I was getting all the offers and stuff. Once I got the offer from Florida, you know, it was a no-brainer. I took it on the spot. When you uh, – let, let me take it back to the football career because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, as my boy Jake would, will tell you, uh, I was actually pretty good at football too. I played mm-hmm. quarterback and safety uh, going into high school. And then eventually my high school coach made me stop. Um, just for injuries, and it's actually right. funny. Our best player on the basketball team was just coming off of a torn ACL, and our starting center that year had just, I think, broken his arm playing football. So our coach was just like, "Yeah, no one it's like you guys can't play football no more, right?" Like, so me coming in, that was really weird. So I still tried to play football, still tried to do it, just because in my head, early on in my like athletic career, I thought football was it for me. Right. Um, Other than but, the fact that you you can't throw a spiral to save your life, but well, that had nothing yeah, to do with here, it. Here's here's my boy right nothing, here. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. I remember I'm you. We were playing torn, football. I'm two tore labrums. I'm two tore labrums into it. Hey, all right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But uh, what what position were you, Mike? And when did you uh, when did you and your dad sit down and say like, let's just focus on basketball? I'll play running back. And mm-hmm. um, Ooh, that's a that's a tough position. Yeah, yeah it was, was tough. He was, he was in the line. Yeah, I mean, and you you know you know running backs typically don't last that long. Yeah, like you your body just gets beat up, and then you take a lot right. of head injuries. But it was right around the time like eighth grade, I think, going into high school, is when we kind of like sat down and was like, okay, like we need to map out a plan. You know, I was already becoming really serious with basketball, but um, yeah. going into high school. I, the high school that I went to, we were like number one in the state. I think we had one, like me going in, we had one four out of five state championships and they were like nationally ranked top three. Um, so the coach wanted me to come out and play. Obviously he wanted me to come play going into my, my freshman year. He wanted me to play seven on seven. And my dad and my, my, my basketball coach was like, nah, like we're not even going to entertain that. You know, we're just going to focus on basketball. So um, that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, like I got, I got to be all in now. Like, I got right. to hang. You know, I didn't want okay. to because I was dominating. And as a kid, you know, <laughs> you want to dominate. Yeah, that's what it's I fun. Mean, I think, yeah, that's when it's fun. But I think we made the right move for sure, so looking back at it. Once you made that decision, right, and you committed yourself fully to the game, um, when did you kind of start feeling that you had that chance to really take it to the next level and play, in, you mm-hmm. know, at a high D1 
um, and, and have your eyes set on playing professionally? Like, when did you know that was really a possibility? Uh, I'll probably say like junior year, junior, my junior year of high school, because that's when I took like, I think that's when I took my biggest leap from like sophomore to junior year that summer. Um, did you do anything I, differently that summer that led to the leap or was it just consistent hard work? you know, getting up early, putting in the hours, going to practice, doing extra hours. Was it the same routine you'd already built? And it just really started to pay dividends at that point? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It was absolutely. But I think what got me the attention, mm -hmm. right, was I played up that year in AU. So mm -hmm. instead of playing 16 and under, I played 17 and under. And I played really well on the circuit against like some top, some like highly ranked guys. Yeah. And in those big tournaments, we were on the Adidas circuit. Um, so, like, we had all the top top college coaches there. And I was playing against some guys that were going to college, you know, that following year, that were a year older than me, that had committed to, you know, the Dukes and the UNCs. And I was, I, you know, um, Kentucky. And I had, like, I was having really big games against these teams. So that's how I got my recognition. Yeah. And then I, I got all my offers. And Florida came, obviously, when – Everybody offers you like that's when everybody wants you. Like when you get one right. school, that's the mm -hmm. high major. Yeah, like in, you know, that's how that's how it goes. So um, it kind of just worked out like that. And yeah, I mean, the rest was history. Did you play with uh, were you on the same AAU team as like Chris Walker and uh, is it Casey Hill? Yeah, Austin? yeah, yeah. That team you're on. So, yeah, Florida Elite. Yeah, that's that's the that's yeah. the club that I played. But I, I played up like they were. They came after. So okay. it's um uh, Joel B. Yeah, Chris Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we all came up through the same pipeline. I was just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was a ahead of them. Yeah. So, take us through, um, you know, you chose Florida. Take us through what that experience was like the first time you walked on campus. Like, you kind of alluded to that was your dream school, being from Florida. Mm -hmm. Like, what was that like to really be, to finally be going there, playing on the team? Did it set in for you, like, kind of early on the first time you stepped on campus? I mean, bro, honestly, like, it was such a dream that it was, like, I had I had literally, like, lived those moments in my mind, like, so many times that when mm -hmm. I actually did it, like, it's normal, you know, yeah. which is weird because I literally was a kid growing up, like, saying, I, I, this is my dream school, this is where I want to go. You know, everybody in my family wanted me to go there, my dad included, because he's from that area. I got all his side mm -hmm. of the family is from, so, you know, where I, my, my city, there's a bunch of Gators. So everybody was happy when I committed. So, I mean, it was just like, it was like the perfect storm, you know, in terms of, you know, my support group and what it took for me to get there. And, um, you know, the, the level of talent that was already on the team. So, I mean, once I got there as a freshman, you know, Brad had just left, had just declared for the draft. So they, they were coming off an elite eight appearance and we had guys that were upperclassmen that were trying to make, trying to get over that hump, you know, trying to get Coach Donovan mm -hmm. back to another Final Four um, or possibly compete for another championship. So um, walking in, like, there was, you know, a high-level expectation that I put on myself to come in and contribute right away, you know. So um, I, I I just got in and I was super focused. You know, a lot of – I think a lot of college freshmen and they're, like, you know, overwhelmed by all the outside things, obviously, yeah. like this and – you know, the lifestyle and, and the partying and all of it. Yeah. It was like, I wanted to come in and I wanted to play right away. So I knew it was going to take hard work. And that's what I had been doing. That's what had got me there and, you know, had brought me so much success. So that's kind of like the mentality that I came in on. I'm curious because I think that it's very relevant right now, especially with the Bulls 
uh, doing well, the Chicago Bulls, Vic's hometown team. Uh, what was your experience Bro, with Billy Donovan as a coach? Man, I love playing for Coach D. Like, I, I spoke to him. Actually, he was um, he was kind of like one of the people that I called to ask him about this this move. You know, like, I called him as I was making the decision. I didn't have a whole lot of time because we didn't want to keep them waiting. But, like, as soon as my agent told me about it, Coach Donovan was the first person I called. You know, I asked him, like, Coach, mm-hmm. what do you think about the opportunity? And he was like, you know, I think I think you should take it. I think it's a good one. You know, I, I've spoken to him throughout the years and just we've kind of just kept each other, you know, in each other's loop. Um, and obviously, when I came off my quad, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this, but when I came off my quad, um, I was doing the G League with OKC. So I was out yep. there working out, with, trying to get back in shape. And then they ended up having to trade my rights to uh, the Vipers, the, the Rockets G League team. And, you know, I, I ended up having success there. And they, Houston ended up signing me, calling me up. Um, so, you know, that all started with him bringing me in. You know what I mean? And him, while he was there, helping me get back on my feet and get back in shape. Um, so, you know, I'm forever indebted to him. Even the, the, the success I had in college, you know, and the lessons that he taught me that, you know, I still use to this day. You know, I, I'll, I'll never – you know, forget those, and I'll always be grateful for him. So building off that, can you kind of walk us through what uh, the draft process looked like for you, like as far as pre-draft, how it was, like doing workouts, and then draft day, like how, how that all played out for you? Yeah, so I um, I ended the draft early after my junior year, mm-hmm. um, and I had a really bad high ankle sprain that I had sustained, like, Right before, uh, right before the the SEC tournament, and yep. I, I missed a few games, but I kind of like already had my mind made up that I wanted to, you know, take that next step because I felt like after my sophomore year, um, you know, I I I, I was like I think I was like top three in in um, three pointers made in Division One or, mm-hmm. or uh, percentage wise something. I had a really good year shooting the ball, and you know, I made all regional team in the, in the tournament. We went to the Final Four, all that. So. You know, I had a lot of momentum coming into the year, and I felt like I possibly could have left after my sophomore year um, mm-hmm. because that's we had as a team and, you know, in the ind- individual stats that I had. Um, but I chose to come back. We didn't have as good a year as I thought. And coming off injury, I just felt like, all right, you know, I think I want to just go ahead and just try my luck. And I got mm-hmm. had a lot of um, a lot of workouts with NBA teams, a lot of interviews. I don't think that um, – looking back at it, like I understood the, the, you know, what goes into all of it. You know, I was just mm-hmm. looking at it from one, my perspective, I didn't really mm-hmm. have people around me that had really knew that, that knew the business. And I don't yep. think I utilized the people around me that did know the business as much as I should mm-hmm. have, you know, in terms of asking okay. for their advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a kid, I was a young kid mm-hmm. and didn't really know the business. I didn't know the ins and outs like how I do now. Um, so, you know, I made the decision. Hold on, Mike, hold on, Mike, before you even, before you even go any further than that, because, you know, I'm glad you said you was a kid. Like similar to me, like we all kind of go through it. We just learning it as we go, right? But right. Give, tell us about what, what was your best or most your favorite workout, and what was the worst workout or the workout you told your agent? You know, you get on that plane, you like, yeah, let's let's just throw this one away. Um, so it's weird. This is crazy now. So the best workout I had, bro, was Phoenix, and okay. this is the year that they drafted Booker, okay. and I was. I was like, bro, if they don't draft every Booker, they're drafting me. I didn't miss in a workout. I didn't miss. Okay. I promise you, that's right. That's what in my life i didn't miss, i didn't <laughs> i swear it's crazy so it, Wait, I was Watson, the coach right i forgot who the coach was that year 
I forgot who it was, but all right, it don't so, so Devin Booker stole your job. He stole your draft pick. No, come on now, we ain't gonna say we ain't gonna go that far. <laughs> I just like with you, but no, I definitely had I definitely had a, a very good workout for Phoenix, right? And I was confident coming out of that workout. And mm-hmm. and it's as funny as it is, you know, my worst workout was the Rockets. Like, <laughs> that's that's funny because that was Vic's experience, kind of. Yeah. Well. Well, for me, it was because I had been traveling so much. I think my 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 mm. take on it was I had been traveling and going different time zones. I was sick the night before, like I couldn't sleep. I was sweating. I was throwing up. Um, it was just real bad. So when I, I didn't eat anything, when I got into the workout, Vernon Maxwell was there. He played at Florida, and mm. you know he was a big fan of mine. Like he used to come to the games, and he's from Gainesville, so you know he knows my family and stuff. So he came to me. He was like before the workout, he put me to the side. He was like, hey, like. They want to draft you. You just got to have a good workout. And I looked at him like, bro, I ain't got it, bro. Like, I'm cooked before it even started. Uh, so, yeah. you know, they were already, they had already been looking at me. But me personally, I was like, yeah, like, I told my agent, like, bro, we got to throw this one out. This is, this is, it's no chance. I, I didn't have any energy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any. But, you know, five years down, like five years later, I ended up, I ended up signing yeah. So right. I think everything happens for a reason. And that's one of, you know, that's one of the biggest stories that I can tell is like, man, if something's yeah. meant for you, for you and can't nobody, gonna, yeah. not even bother, you know? Yeah. So, and it, it's funny, it's funny as you say that, cause you know, like Jake just said, yeah. in, in my draft process, um, a big, the biggest thing for me was just like, if I'm healthy team, like teams won. And so I'm doing all these workouts and my best one is golden state. Like it's, it's, this is the mm-hmm. golden state right after they're coming off all the success, you know, it's the year I think when guys are hurt. So they're looking for guys. And, uh, you know, I'm in a workout with me, Jordan Poole. Um, or not, it's me, Kai Bowman, Kyle Guy, a couple of other guys. And I'm killing the workout, right? Like, we're playing threes, playing ones. I'm winning all all the drills. And I'm, you know, I lead a workout and I'm like, like, yeah, like, this is this is the Warriors. Like, you know what I'm saying? They got a first-round pick and a second-round pick. And I was kind of mm-hmm. expecting to go in the second round. And I have a ton of friends, like, friends and, like, kind of family in San Fran. I see him after the workout. I'm like, yo, like it, it might be them, right? Because, you know, I've had workouts, other ones that were like good. But like this one's over the top. I'm like, this is the one for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. I go from Golden State to I think Utah to then Orlando. And they all like back to back to back. And so when I fly to Orlando, you know, I'm kind of tired. And I get in the workout and it's all guards. Like it's all like like smaller guards. The only like bigger kind of forward is a, a forward that went to UCF that was pretty good. But even he's like six four, right? And he's kind of like a two. So it was all ones and twos. And mm-hmm. I played the one in college my last year. Like my last two years, like I was like, you know, a primary ball head. And so like we're in we're in a workout and um the magic coach is like, you know, we're doing the drills, we're doing full court ones. And he's like, I want you like in the guy's jerseys, like I want you turning them. Like, oh, it's Mike. I'm Mike. I'm guarding guard, guards that are, like, six feet. Just full – like, it's one crossover, and they're, like, throwing the ball out the court and trying to full sprint yeah. down out there and lay it up. You know how workouts are. Like, you're trying to show everything. Like, you don't care yeah. about, like, yes. the drill. You just want to win it. And, uh, yes. like, these guards, like, up and down. And I'm, like, you know, I'm doing all right, but I'm I'm not – like, I, I can play 94 feet every now and then, right? Like, I'll get up, turn, you try to steal it, but I'm not going to do that the whole game. And then turn around, you give me the ball. Now I got to – have a little guard that's going to try and pressure me the whole time, right? And right. so I leave the workout. I do the interview. I lead the workout. I tuck on my agent like, it's not the magic. Like, you know, you can <laughs> you can throw the magic out the window. Like, we we don't got to talk to Orlando ever again, to be honest with you. Orlando ain't going to be it. And it comes to draft day. And me and my dad watching, the Warriors take Jordan Poole 
and then they go to second round and they take a guy that's already on their G League team, like the European guy, Alan Alan Smolagic, oh, Sm- or something. Smolagic. Yeah, Smolagic. and they they have brought him over from Europe and put him on the G League team, and then they drafted him. Right, so they already had his rights, kind of, and drafted him. And so I'm like, dang. So I go and draft it, and the Magic are our first one. Like, as soon as the draft ends, the Magic call, and they're like, nah, like, bring him to camp. Like, we want him. And I'm laughing mm-hmm. with my dad, like, bro, it's no way. Yeah. The Magic want me to even step foot in that gym again. And, that's you know, crazy. it worked out because they, they ended up signing me. So it's funny that your story was like that. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. What's for you is for you. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but going back to your draft day experience, so once the draft ended and, and you were undrafted, what was mm. the next step for you? How did you move forward? Uh, so Golden State was the first one to call right after the draft ended. Um, and I actually didn't work out for them. But, you know, they wanted me to come mm. play Summer League. And depending on how I play Summer League, I think they were going to invite me to camp. But I did, um, I did a mini camp with the Lakers. And I played really well in it. And um, I ended up signing with them for a training mm-hmm. camp. Uh, and that was Kobe's last year. So, you know, obviously I got to be around him and, and Lou, awesome. Lou Will, you know. So that was, a, that was a great experience right there in itself. And, um, you know, that's something that I – that's that is experience I'll I, treasure I'll, forever. I, ha- I have to ask because I'm a huge Kobe guy. Uh, was there mm-hmm. any, any memories you have or anything that you would share – um, that stood out to you from just being around him? Did he do anything? Did you have any interactions with him um, that just have stuck with you, you know, until this day? Yeah, I'll never forget first time that I met him. I was on the treadmill, I think, facing the court. <laughs> like, the facility yeah. was like... Yeah, I've been there, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So I'm on the treadmill facing the court, and, you know, he walked in from the training room, so which is behind me. I couldn't see, but I could feel his presence before I saw him. And if if you don't, if you've never met somebody that has that type of aura, like you're not gonna understand what I'm saying, but bro, it was the craziest feeling ever. Because <laughs> I, I knew he was in the room before I actually physically saw him, right? And that to me is just like the ultimate sign of somebody that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that just has greatness coming out of their pores, yeah. you know? So, um, and obviously like the way that he worked and, and how intense he was in practice and how good, I mean, how good of a player he was. Like he didn't even really, see defense you know like it didn't matter what you did like you basically had to follow him and the ball still probably gonna go in this um uh, that's dope around, that was that's something that i'll cheer i'll be able to tell my kids about that that's amazing man well i know we don't have much time left so i, I do gotta speed up a little bit um so after that you continued playing in the g league and then mm-hmm. you won in a g league championship correct before you went overseas yep. or was it after before right no it was I played in Italy. Um, and Germany, right? Yeah, well, I tore my quad in Italy. Yeah. And I ended up signing with a team in Germany, but I failed the physical because my quad my, my quad tendon was torn. Um, and so they waived me, and I had to go back home and rehab for a year, some change. Um, ended up coming back, played G League with the, with the Vipers, won the championship yeah. that year, my first year back. Played really well, got signed by the Rockets. And then, yeah, I mean, that was basically – it was basically right after um, I came off my injuries when I had that year where I played really well. And I got most improved player in the G League. And um, I got invited to do the USA uh, World Cup qualifying team. Played really well in that. So, I've, I've, I've definitely been um, blessed to 
have recovered the way that I did yeah. and be able to back to that level. Cause you know, a lot of people, it's a mental aspect, you know, that comes yeah. along with it too. Mm-hmm. Of a major injury like that. You've been out so long. Um, you know, I'm just lucky that I was able to get back to that level. That's what I wanted to ask was, you know, how much did that take from you really, you know, to, to work as hard as you've worked and, and gone through what you've mm-hmm. gone through to get to that point and then to suffer, you know, that serious of an injury, um, yeah. you know, how much did that take? And then how amazing was that feeling when you first time back, you win a, you know, you win the championship in the G league, you win at, the, at that level that you're currently at and it boosts you up to the next level. What did that mean for you? And how much of, um, how much did that provide you, you know, going forward in your career? Well, bro, honestly, it's crazy that you said that because, you know, when I, when I had that injury, bro, like that was like rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. like, I felt like I went through a period of like depression. You know, I was very embarrassed. Um, I felt like I had let myself down, let my family down. And, you know, injuries are a part of the game. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like, man, yeah, like it's your mind. I've worked hard. Yes, mental. Like I've worked this hard. And now, you know, I had doctors telling me that I had to retire at 23 years old, bro. Like it was that bad. You know, my whole leg atrophied, my quad, my, my, my calf, my hamstring and my glute. Like I lost all of it. Like, I, it was, like, literally just straight bone. So I had to, like, I never missed a day of, you know, rehab. I never missed a day of therapy. Um, and just that that whole entire process, bro, was, like, mental warfare because the people that were around me looking at me like I'm washed, like it's over with for me, you know? And then, and then you know, that starts, regardless of how strong you are, mm-hmm. at some point, like, it's going to start creeping in your mind. Well, like, damn, am I? Is it over with for me? Yeah. You know, am I just being know? by like continuing this, this process, or is it like really done? And, you know, something in me just told me to keep going, like forget about everybody else. You know, it's something that I really wanted to do. And I was like, I feel like I owe it to that, that little kid that was waking up at six in the morning to go work out before middle school. Like I owe it to him to, to not give up, you know, if it's over, then it's over, but not, not going down without a fight. And, right. you know, able to win that championship and, play as well and then make it to the NBA after all of that, man, like I can't even, I can't even explain to you that feeling, you know, those, it was like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Like I was like the lowest of the low. And then yeah. to make it back from that, all the adversity I had gone through to make it to the NBA, you know, and, and play with the players I played with. Like I'm talking about hall of famers, like Chris Paul, Russell, James, like these guys are not just regular NBA yeah. guys. These are like superstars. So to be yeah. around them and have already been, Kobe, like, you know, the game has been very good to me. It's, it's taught me a lot. You know, I've had to go through a lot of adversity and fight through a lot of, you know, uphill battles, but, you know, I'm still standing. And, yeah. um, you know, that that feeling, man, I, I can't even really explain it to you because it was just, it was such a surreal, such a surreal feeling. Like, now at this point in my career, I feel like I'm playing with house money because I wasn't even supposed to be here. You know, they told me I was done three. I'm 27 now. So, you know, I'm, I'm awesome. playing with house money. No, I, I, I love to hear that because, you know, I, I don't personally know what that is like at that level. But, you know, Vic and I have been very close for a while now and and Vic's gone through his own journey. And, and I've had the pleasure of being here with Vic along, you know, every every crazy step of the way that he's gone through the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows. And I've seen his mental just grow and, and him get stronger. And, you know, so when you talk about that moment when you made it you won the championship, you made it back on the court after people telling you you should retire. Like, I feel that for you. You know, I can imagine what that must have felt like and how cathartic it was to be on that court. And I know that I'll never actually feel what that really felt like for you. Um, But, you know, it's inspiring to me. And I hope that 
everyone listening um, really understands what you're saying and, um, you know, how much you fought through, how much adversity you overcame to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. But I know you got to get out of here. So, Vic, Hold I on, want Jake, you know, to we gotta wrap it up. do your thing. I know. Yep. Yeah, you know. All right, all right Mike, we're going to wrap it up. First of all, you know, for everyone listening, uh, just getting a chance and the pleasure to meet Michael for the first time was great, like getting to know him as a person, and, and which is what it's all about, right? Like making these relationships and these connections. Like it'll be a, it'll be so fun to finally play and get you on the court, but just meeting you as a person has been incredible. So I, I hope we can keep learning each other, keep connecting, keep, you know, growing. Cause that's what this is all about, right? Like as, as we grow as, as men and basketball players, hopefully we continue to take those next steps, mm. but enough of the sappy shit. We gotta, you know, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get you out and get you moving. I need you to name me your top three basketball players all time in order. It can't be, oh. so you can give me your top four. You can give me a Mount Rushmore. You can give me your four, but it's gotta be in order. It can't be like, like I know particular order. Okay. They gotta be no, four I, or three, two, one. Okay. So, so is it my favorite all time or do I, the best all time that I think. Those are, you could do, you could do both. You could do both. You, you can do, do both. both. Yeah, you can do both. Sure. Like separate. So four and four. Yeah, you can or so, so look, yeah, so look, do... so yeah. So look, Mike, we're really looking for the, the best, but we'll let you do the four and four. Favorite and best. Okay. So favorite. I mean, it's, it's pretty similar, but I'm going to go best. I'm going to go MJ. At one. One. At okay. one. Yeah. I'm going to go Kobe at two. See, I love that. Okay. I love that. I'm going to go already, okay. LeBron at three and I'll go Kareem at four. Hmm. Okay, it's a solid. Okay. That's a real solid list. A lot of Lakers on there. I love that. Yeah, and then favorite will be Your favorites. Yeah, Mike, Kobe, uh, Ray Allen, and mm. um, Steph mm. Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry. A big Steph guy. All right. Okay. Oh, well, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's respectable. Those are two good lists. Those are two good lists. Yeah. It's an incredible list. I mean, he's got Mike at the top. It's great. Yeah. You don't. You, you can't get worse that. from there. He yeah, just said Mike exactly. Smush Parker. He said Mike Smush Parker, Eddie Curry, well, and anyone else. Well. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, my, Michael, <laughs> thanks again for taking the time to do this, man. Uh, super excited for you guys to to play together and have a great season in Australia and uh, hope to have you back on soon. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Take thanks, care, man. All right. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.